Howdy, folks. Welcome to the latest episode of Pubcast. As always, I'm Wayne. I'm Kim. I'm Darren. I'm Jill. Um, we have had a Christmas and it's still We've a Christmas. had a Christmas and happy new fucking year. Happy new year. Yeah, drink to your leg. Did you say Chucky our lads? Did you say Chucky our lads? No, no. I think I'm, I, I said it's going to be a good one, lads, or something to that. It's, it it's sounded, like, it's, <laughs> in fairness, that, that could translate as Chucky our law. We're getting closer, closer to the, to the next generation get um prediction of a unified ireland in 2024 yes you know yeah so if if captain picard and data said that we're going to be unified ireland 2024 i believe so that's true i believe him too yeah you can dispute that source i don't think so Hmm. um knows his stuff it does um so yeah it's it's been a christmas uh we're at the other side of it now uh into jan january jan jan um and uh, yeah, like, did you guys get up to craziness? Did you just get completely debaucheried of the Christmas, or did you just like me hide away like a fucking hermit? And not... we we hid hid away quite a bit because yeah. like there was just me and Liam for Christmas, and we had gumbo and dirty rice, and uh, then is that what the kids are calling now? Kind of. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Jill. That's definitely we had. A we had... Fact. <laughs> Definitely. No, it's just food. It's just food, I swear. Um, and then on Stevens' day, we had, oh, we went over to, to Leeds and had some friends over and we were playing um, uh, Psycho Killer, that card game, and uh, oh. the Irish version of Cards Kes- Kes- Against Humanity at Kes- Hearing. Kes- oh, Psycho Killer. <laughs> so it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's, uh, it's just a little role play card game um there's psycho killer cards that get turned over and you have to throw down weapons and you can betray people as usual with that these cool. betrayal yeah, games, card so games. Cool. yeah so um yeah we played some of that and then we kind of just go down and stayed away from people for a few days yeah. which was really nice they'd play computer games watch tv and um, binge watch the new witcher series um which looked gorgeous story was a bit all over the place i got a whiff off it i got a whiff yeah and 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 the irish guy with his big angry doc head in him um because that that, that, i was like he doesn't look like him but he gives you he gives you that vibe um michelle yo was kind of phenomenal like the, the the individual actors characters were done really well there were some hammy moments yeah, the story was just a bit. Yeah. I've I've heard things about it. So I'm a, I'm a big Witcher mark, and I really liked the first yeah. season of the Cavill series. Um, second yeah. season kind of went off on its own design, but the first season was really good. Um, and the game, obviously the games. But when I heard a yeah. lot of the stuff about this and what they were doing with this, like they've changed a couple of, they've changed a lot of the lore. Um. Mm. And and, it, and the lore that they've changed negates a lot of the emotional drama in the other story. Okay. So right. it's kind of like like witches having children or something apparently happens in this series, which is okay. not meant to happen. It's That's not. They it's yeah. not well, physically. Well, I don't want to. 
spoil it because oh, it, yeah. like it, oh, do, well, it does say in the it does say in the trailer and stuff that it's the and the blurbs that it's this you know it's set so many uh, years before the Cavill series yeah. and um, it's the origin of the first Witcher, but um. Yeah, I, d- I didn't know anything about the lore because I'm only, I suppose, I only came into the Witcher fandom with the, the, the Henry Cavill series. Rhymes up good. Um, I'm and... going to asterisk, I'm going to asterisk that face you just made for something I'm going to talk about. <laughs> um, so yeah, I suppose to me, I didn't know what they were changing. I just knew it wasn't told very well. And there was some stuff that I was a bit like, um okay um the action and the fights were really good um but yeah if you're if you're i suppose like you wayne if you're a fan of the lore and you're a fan of the established story that you're not it's it's not a particularly well told tale i don't think you're missing a whole lot but like at the same time watch it and make your mind up i i loved fucking kenobi and you didn't like it so who knows yeah I watched the first episode of the prequel of The Witcher, but it, I've never been like I think Cavill because he, he's he's so kick ass was the kind of reason um, I watched the series and mm. uh, I never I, I I've tipped at the games, but unlike my brother, he like we yourself Wayne plays them religiously. Um, I haven't really kind of been grabbed by it. So when they said they were doing a prequel, I had a look, seen the cast, and I was like, all right, I'll give this a go. Watched the first episode, and the only thing I liked about it was that Lenny Henry was in like uh, another fantasy kind of setting playing what I think mm. is an evil elf and I want to see it more just for him but that shouldn't be the reason why I want to see it so yeah that, that, <clears throat> that, that, that shouldn't be your your yardstick for quality fantasy Lenny Henry playing an elf yeah it's is, just that I, 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 I've always said um, comedy sorry as uh, comedy actors when they play serious roles tend to be really cool uh, and especially yeah. they can do it they can do it and it does not work the other way around and, and, and yeah. I, I liked them i liked them in in the the lord of the rings series and when i seen them i was mm. like all right he's got acting chops let's see what he can do <clears throat> yeah. and you know like i was kind of like all right this i'd like to see more but then i realized that at the end of it that's why i shouldn't be watching it for for him because he i think he's the bad guy but again i haven't gone back to watch any more so that says a lot for me anyway i hopefully i will but i don't know it hasn't that? grabbed you enough no. to make you go, oh. Which is odd for me. It's me. I like everything, you know? This is a bit segue, um, and I don't think we should talk about this for very long because it's absolutely, it has one source, one unnamed source, and it feels like a bunch of things being swept up to be a bigger thing. Um, uh, the comments about why Henry Cavill isn't doing the witcher anymore as soon as we heard it i think we as a piece went oh they must be deviating from the lore because he can't have that like he's too mm. familiar he, yeah. he wouldn't if they're changing it for the tv show he won't put up with that so uh, we instantly went there but i think that level of devotion can really hurt you as an actor because uh any comic book fans out there know that Writers for TV are not always careful with the source material and sure. they might need to change something or they might just change something for, for an editorial choice and, and they have to stand by that. And the actors have no dignity. They just have to do the thing that's written down. They just have to do it. And um, that's what you're paid for. So when <clears throat> that eyewitness report came out saying that he made 
the work environment hard for people. Uh, the way it was described, um, I think all of us are used to uh, hearing something as a problem and going, look, I know what he was up to. You know, when someone's using gentle language to describe something, you know what was probably really going on. And then when you hear something being fluffed up to be a little bit more than it is, uh, mm -hmm. or when you hear somebody describe something bad and you're like, oh shit, I know what was going on there, but they're just not used to that. Do you know what I mean? Sure. They said that he was, uh, uh, that he was an obsessive gamer to the point like any addict, he'd be late to set and things like that. And actually he has come out in the past and said, what game was it he had to snap? He had to break the disc or he figured he would get fired. It was, it was World of Warcraft. I think it was. I think, yeah, it was I think, I think, He broke, he he broke, broke the, the disc. disc I think it was the he, Burning Crusade. Yeah, I think you yeah, said the Burning yeah. Crusade expansion kind of was ruining yeah. it for him. But I mean, I've heard yeah. plenty of actors talking about it. Yeah. yeah. So, so this person on set of The Witcher says uh, he was late to set. He was gaming all the time and he was speaking very broily. To, to people around him using lots of gamer bro language they said now uh, we know uh, I think I'm probably the person you guys know that uses the most gamer bro language it's all ironic but it's very hard to stop doing once you start doing it and uh, and you know maybe he's uh, maybe you're not expecting it out of a, a rugby playing Englishman but he is a fucking nerd and we cannot help ourselves sometimes and mm -hmm. um, we don't always cater for the for the for the normies in the crowd uh, so that felt like a misunderstanding being late to set and holding things up is uh ridiculous when you have a, a crew that big so if that's really happening then you can't keep someone who's going to prima donna around the place um the reason he would be able to prima donna around the place is because if you've ever seen have you ever seen anyone fit a role as well as him in that role uh, it's obscene now there's plenty of actors we've never met in our lives that maybe could do it as well uh but if you were going to start getting your feet in under the table i think season four of the witcher as henry cavill you could probably do that he said he didn't want to be doing any topless scenes or naked stuff and i feel like any actor in the world should be able to say that and he is treated really obscenely good looking people are treated sometimes like they don't have any feelings yeah. uh, or brains and the things people just say to them but um yeah the idea that he would never be tops off in the show anymore would make me personally cry but i think he should also have that freedom so that screen yeah, he, he that deserves the choice he deserves the choice. And if he hasn't got power on season four, then, then his representative needs to be doing it for him. Maybe that's what was going wrong. Maybe other people get their managers to do it for them and he was doing it directly. They also, this person, this source, again, no name and no other source on this, said that he was conspiring with a writer to change pages just before they were going to shoot. Uh, uh, if that's not true then this is a vicious attack. If that is true, that's obnoxious. So we can't spend any time on it because it's absolute nothing. Well, I but... will I will say that all of it, every single part of it was disproven. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. Every, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. So articles... But I, uh, I believe...
it came out like like any good lie there's always a kernel of truth and i do sure. not doubt that he was trying to get the writing fixed and that he was probably saying can you have me naked less often please sure um, um it, it, it was it was apparently it was like you said it was just one source and they couldn't they, they stemmed from an episode of a podcast uh called deus moi or deus you or something it's called and they claimed that they were sent a message from an insider that stated Henry Cavill had engaged in toxic behavior on the Witcher, Witcher especially yeah. towards women. Um, yeah. And yada, yada, yada. And this one particular thing went on. They didn't name the source. They said it was just all, you know, and it was all unfounded. There was no proof of it. Um, and then it, it, they then came out and said that they had to then pull it back because there was zero. This is the report. That, so, uh, the reports are completely false. Cavill is always very professional. Him leaving the show had nothing to do with his work relationship with the cast and the crew of the series. As far as we were aware, he wasn't fired. Um, they said that it was basically yeah, down to it was down to uh, yes, there was difference of <clears throat> difference of opinion on where the story was going. He wasn't happy, which with we it. always suspected. Yeah. yeah, everyone always knew that. But the thing about it is, is that we have to remember when Cavill left The Witcher. He was slated to return as Superman. He yeah, was yeah, meant to be coming up, back listen. as Superman. That was a massive, massive thing. That was a huge part of it because he was meant to get a multi-film deal back in the red cape and the red underpants. Can and we talk about James Gunn now? Can we talk about that now? We can if you want to. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing about it is, is that, yes, because of the decision to completely reshuffle DC... DC Cinematic Universe, which is much needed because it's an absolute fucking dumpster fire. Um, the mm. hope originally was to bring Cavill back as a much lighter, more um, kind of not so much user-friendly but audience-friendly version of what Superman would be compared to the Snyder, dark and dismal MacGuffin that he was only ever used for. Because he was never used as a character in those films. He was just a MacGuffin. No. So there was never Christopher Lee Superman, like yeah, they, like yeah, they always make the comparison to Christopher Lee. Lee. But the the thing about this is that yes, that was initially meant to be the reason. Like he said, he wasn't happy creatively with The Witcher where it was going. Uh, they'd already deviated on season two, season three. You have to remember, Cavill has finished season three of The Witcher. It's yeah, done. It's done yeah. yeah, in the bag. It's yeah. gonna premiere in in the summertime. So his decision mm -hmm. to leave happened after that finished filming. So yeah. they had finished making it and he decided that was it. I'm not like so clearly he's not happy because like season two did deviate significantly from the story. And seeing some of the casting choices for Witcher Origin, Blood Origin, that you're that Jill was talking mm. about, there's a character called Avalok in the Witcher lore, who was an elf. And he mm. is in, if I'm not mistaken, he's in Blood Origin. Uh yes. Let me just double check check um, while you're talking. So Avalok is a is a key character in the lore and in the story of the witcher across all forms of the of the media because the video games are a separate story to the books and then a separate story to the tv series video game goes off in tangents that they don't do in the books and you have obviously multiple endings and multiple choices but the characters are all the same and the key moments in the history are all there and avalak is a significant character particularly in the story of siri the person that they cast as avalak looks like somebody out of sex education um like right. he, he doesn't fit the role. Avalak mm. is meant to be this tall, broad, sharp cheekboned, slick, you know, big dude, like handsome looking individual, chiseled, um, massive jaw, like that. Like he's a very imposing character. Where the I'm person, 
Yeah. The person they have playing Avalak in Blood Origin looks like somebody that Kim would have tried to jump back in 2001. Um, <laughs> so, um, Look, I think that counts as community service. Um, yeah. So the, I think I think it does. I think the the claims that Kava wasn't happy with the writing and where the world of The Witcher was going in the Netflix series is being substantiated by how badly written Blood Origin is, or Blood the Witcher of Blood Origins is, and also what the, the ideas that they have for apparently what season four of The Witcher is going to be. Plus also the casting of of Liam Hemsworth, because Liam Hemsworth to me does not scream Geralt of Rivia. Bless his yep. heart. Bless his heart. I, I'm trying to remember. It's not happening for me, but like, but but I know, I know when I'm too attached. I know when I'm not going to be objective, yeah. and I just stay. Darren, what were you saying? I can only remember one. T- I can only remember one TV show where they kind of got rid of the main cast, ca- uh, one of the main cast, and got in another replacement, which was towards the end of Stargate. Uh, they got your man from I can't remember his name from Farscape to come in and pretty much take over the role, but um and that that seemed to work, but I can't remember any other time that recasting has worked for a show, and that's why, like I don't think I think it like I, I think people well, are, this, are not going to watch it because they're too used to cabal, and like I for one don't want to kind of I'm like Ugh, no it's not going to work, you know the thing yeah, with the I, thing I, with Stargate wait. though is it wasn't a recast it was a new character. Yeah, yeah. they're recasting the Witcher. Colonel O'Neill, it felt like he was replacing Colonel O'Neill like that. Um, like I just, it was to me, it became the Far Farscape show because I had two of the main uh, cast in it, which was awesome. Yeah, Claudia Black was in it. As she well. was awesome mm. as well. But like, I don't, I, I can't remember any other time where it's worked. Um, and that's mm. that's what's kind of like, why are they doing it then? Like, if I had, if I had at least three, then I wouldn't be worried about it. But I can't remember anything. Like I'm, um, I'm so like doing this doesn't seem to. It's gonna. I think it's gonna. It worked on Spartacus. Spartacus. It, yeah, it, yeah. How many seasons of Spartacus did Spartacus have under its belt before they had to recast? And there was loincloth even. So it was one season. So we're looking at three seasons of The Witcher where Cavill has played the main character, and then at the end of the third season, they're gonna go into a fourth season and recast as Liam. I I tell you, I swear to God, I think Netflix are going to cancel The Witcher after season three. I think I so. Think so. I yeah. think we're they not going to yeah. watch it. We're not going to watch no. it, and they I, fucking know it too. I think that the, currently the bad press that Netflix are currently getting across all of their shows at the moment, across all of their decisions about canceling shows, about investing money in shows and then not promoting them, and then canceling them after mm. one season after getting viewership. And, and like leaving shows on cliffhangers like there's a rake of shows that they've announced that have been cancelled again and that have had just had one season and the thing is that the nature of streaming services now seems to be that they just fish them around elsewhere and, and shop them around elsewhere and sometimes they get picked up um mm. the, the, the the big one i remember back in the day for me i'm very thankful that it did happen but ripper street with bbc um so- that got cancelled, I think, after season two by the BBC. Yeah. But Amazon picked it up and ran it from Amazon the, picked ran, it up. Yeah, they ran it for another three seasons, and it was a fantastic show, like a fantastic a show. show. Um, and it got better and better as it went on, and it just they kept why it going. Why did the Beeb get rid of it? They don't normally give I, up. I, like I can't remember why. I can't remember. It's it been such a, It could have been money. Um, I mean, it's, it's, Jerome was too busy making Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, well. and, and like, I imagine McFadden was the main guy in it. Like, 
Um, look at the oh, great, great cast. Okay. Yeah. Great cast. Oh, phenomenal cast. Yeah. Um, oh, Myanna Burring. Myanna Burring, who was in The Witcher, yeah. is in River City yeah. as well, and she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot, lot of, lot yeah, of, it's... lot of well-known faces show up in it as well. Um, mm. over the years, yeah. uh, like character actors and stuff that you know, but it's and the bad Here's guy. One for you is it's five and done. If you haven't seen, yeah, it. Ripper Street. Sorry, I, we have, but yeah. we have recommended on a podcast before many, many moons ago when it was first on. Yeah, uh, but it's now all up there on Amazon to enjoy. Go check it out. Hundred percent guarantee you'll enjoy it. It's it's basically set in Victorian era London after Jack the Ripper, set in Whitechapel, yeah. and it's about all the shit that goes down in Whitechapel. Very popular. Yeah. when it came out. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. So like, I I can't see Netflix continuing The Witcher after season three. I really can't. I I can see them doing unless it ends on the most ridiculous cliffhanger, because they say that season three is going to be the Wild Hunt because that's what they've hinted at the Wild mm. Hunt. Yeah, which ties yeah. ties yeah. into yeah. it does tie into what Blood if Avalak is in Blood Origins that will tie into the Wild Hunt with Siri. Yeah. But the uh, is. Yeah. Don't they judge it on views though? So if they get loads of people watching it, they'll go like a lot. Like, because that's the problem, as you were saying, that you find out about a show when it's too late. Yeah. And yeah, and you and you, like, I, I, is it one eight nine nine? Is it yeah. a TV show on Netflix that got cancelled? It's something like that. Yeah. Um, sitting the ship. I'm halfway through that, and I said oh, I'll get to it later, and then I've just found out it's got cancelled after season one. And I think it's like, no, is it because of like people that watch kind of happens? And oh, I'll definitely get back to it. And then yeah. by the time that they get they get back to it, it's too late. But but like I say, mm. everyone's going to be watching The Witcher. So if they're going by that, then they will do a full. But I, I that's the thing, man, Demon. I don't know if people are going to watch The Witcher because if 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 it's a case of they're going to watch it for closure and then there's no closure, and then they have to watch a season four with somebody else in the in the title role. We all know. We all know we're going to let. A few of our friends fall on the sword and then see if it's safe. <laughs> well, that's, I'll, I'll take one for the team. This is or this is what we do. It's what we did with Andor. I mean, I was wrong about Andor. Yeah. I was wrong about. Yeah. I put you know, mea culpa. I'm, I put, I'll I'm put my hand up. Four you know? episodes in. Yeah, and four episodes in, and and I did find episode one and two took their fucking time. They and did. then episode three, it went. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's very good. I'm very much looking forward to more of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. well I am hoping for Oi. for The Witcher if if like now like because he's not doing Superman now, so maybe they could do what they did with Farscape. They could um if enough people say get him back in the role, uh, end it. They could do like with Farscape. It got it got cancelled on the worst cliffhanger ever. Mm. And to, and back then you didn't have the internet, so you're sitting there kind of going, why isn't it back? Why isn't it back? And then someone mm. who has some connection to America tells you, oh no, they, they killed that. It's not coming back. It's like, what? And then the fans just kind of like sent in petitions saying, please. And we got the Peacekeeper Awards. We got a movie. So now I know, like, because I know he's probably going to be busy because there's rumors he's going to be doing a 40K TV. No, that's, not, that's not rumors, D-Man. Like, that's, that's confirmed. He's he's going to have, he's going to be producer on it. He's going to have par partially creative control on it. Like it's, that's a big he's deal. Rebounding, write the theme, like, theme no, tune, sing the theme tune. Yeah. yeah. No, That'd be yeah. Great. But once he's finished that, he can go back and do like a kind of like an end movie. I think, I think um, this is, out. yeah. Hear me out, Wayne. Uh, we need a new Superman and. Okay, Kim, I'll do it. Okay, James I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> James Gunn. <laughs> owes Lula Borg a favor. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
I am I am the Clark Kent. I am here to work at the the Daily Planet. Um, my name is Flula. I mean, yes, I am. I am the Clark. Can you imagine that cinema chair after Kim is done? Oh, I tell you, it'd be it'd be like the end of ET with the fucking tent and the hose and Peter Coyote coming in with the. But the fucking, you know, be dragging her body out and she'd be all grey and drained and shit. Look, enough yeah. about my desiccated corpse. I have to say, I think to a man uh, within this group, I think we have faith in James Gunn to do things. It's been a yeah. bit of a shock at the at the house cleaning he did, but he has to. It's a fucking mm. garbage fire over there. Mm. It really is. Yeah. I just wouldn't like to have been the man that made like Henry Cavill cry. Like that just. Uh, honest to God, I think Henry Cavill was relieved. To be honest with you, because reckon... the amount of shit that he had to do, a lot of work to get yeah. himself into the shape to be Kal-El. He does not yeah. do any of that to be a space marine. All that's hidden by fucking power armor. It is. He, he could Except just. Except you have to do the beginning when you know does the kind of something like the Terminator. Yeah, yeah. The they, armor on they get you. It's it's actually done post that's the that's if he's gonna play an ultramarine or a space marine or whatever. Eisenhorn. He might he might do Eisenhorn. He might, he might do Gaunt. You know, he might do all of that. He might do. He's gonna be an orc. Yeah, but, yeah. Like he might he's not. Like he, green paint. Like there's all these there's all these uh, theories now on on online about what what part of the Warhammer universe Cavill is going to inherit or take over or do whatever. And being a complete noob when it comes to Warhammer, because I've only recently gotten into it because of Darktide, um, uh, and I have known about it for years and known bits of it here and there, but I haven't known the, the in-depth knowledge of it. It's fucking vast. It is one of the oh, most... Wayne, how did they get you? How did they finally get you? The video because get, you've been the, surrounded yeah. by Warhammer your whole yeah. life. Yeah. How did they finally get... What finally got you? The video game Darktide finally got me. I was playing Darktide and I just got invested in it heavily. I don't know what happened. I just, It's just a beautifully... It's a, a deeply flawed game. It's got a lot of problems, but whatever worked in it really worked. And I just had so much fun playing it. Um, oh, and I'm nice. still playing it, and it's just it looks gorgeous. It looks like, it gorgeous. Cheapest cheapest chips as well. It's made by a gaming company called Fat Shark, and they make these great middle of the road video games. They made they made um it's a it's a it's a great it's it's a great it's a great every every time every time the title comes up on screen when we're playing with the lads we all just have a giggle because it's just like <laughs> Fat Shark, <laughs> and it's like the logo the logo's gorgeous. It's like it's a fat shark with like a big belly. It, it looks brilliant, but uh, like it's top tier graphic design. Whoever designed their logo, like fair play, and whoever came up with the name of the studio, fair play. But the game itself uh, is a lot of fun to play, and it's great fun to play with mates. Um, and it's actually great fun to play by yourself. The mechanics of it is just a, it's like mm. anyone that's played Left 4 Dead. It's that mm. type of game. Oh, cool. You're thrown into a scenario, and you're gonna eventually gonna come over bad guys that you just have to beat the shit out of with a shovel. And it's it's fun, you know. It's just fun, uh, and it looks gorgeous. It look like it's it's probably one of the best realized versions of the Warhammer world in a video game. Mm. Um, because it just looks amazing. It's all gothic, tall buildings. Jill, you'd like the look of it. It's all what now? It's all yeah. It's like it's it's all yeah. like you know peak fires and it's just. It looks... I I will happily sit and watch people gaming if it's pretty. Yeah, oh, this, and this I, is I, very. I will get pretty. sucked into that stuff. Yeah, it's gory. it's pretty and violent. Yeah, like as Demon said, it's very violent it's and it's violent. yeah, it's really violent and the soundtrack is really good. Jasper Kidd is the composer of of the. Uh, 
of the score and the soundtrack and it's available to listen to on spotify but it's like it's because everything about the warhammer 40k universe and d-man correct me with anything i make wrong assumptions here but it's all it's all very dark gothic there's a religious huge religious overtones and undertones yeah, full-on god emperor yeah Everybody and but the, the and it, the thing about it is like even the good guys are bad guys because they're yeah. you're the, the guys you plays are play as are fiercely xenophobic like fiercely xenophobic um and the universe itself it 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 understands that it's deeply satirical about this type of kind of like apocalyptic world it's got a huge level of satire i'm also reading a series of books called uh, about caiaphas kane who's a, a character in the world and honest to god as i'm reading it i'm reading it in matt berry's voice in my head because i think matt berry will be the perfect do you know the character i'm talking about darren Caiaphas no, Kane? i don't know much about the lord there's so like i i, I got it in for the for the mini figs i got i mainly got into it because i got to make him build and paint and, and fire a big tank mm. that's what got me yeah, the giant yeah. tanks but then i found out all my friends told me all the lore of different stuff and i picked my like i'm space marine debt watch which is cheating because it's it's a special group of space marines that can pick the best from all the other yeah, chapters yeah. You know, so <clears throat> yeah, it's sex. It's uh, it's the, it's the slick the section from Star Trek. But like the 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 thing about it is the, this particular series of reading called Caiaphas Kane. He's like he's the stuff that he says, like his exclamation, "Emperor's balls!" Like I just I can hear Matt Berry saying that. <laughs> I can hear Jupiter's cock. Yeah, like that type of stuff. It's full on, like you know, hell's bells, Jupiter, you know, Emperor's balls, and it's it's like yeah, okay, this this it's it's a full tongue-in-cheek like and it's a huge tonal shift to the previous book i read about gaunt's ghost it kind of gaunt's ghost is kind of like sharp in space whereas kaifus Ka- i was talking to ryan o'connor about this kaifus kane is like lord flash art in space so okay yeah kim you're okay. muted i think you've muted yourself i think and she's turned oh, off her she- camera I- See, sorry yeah. my dog is wearing acrylic nails and it's two of my now, head in now oh, you've yeah. so what you've done now is because you've because you've pressed your button to do with the camera you're now in jill's place jill is in darren's place and darren is in your place so all your name plates are wrong I'm so, so sorry. Uh, yeah, i'm just gonna leave but, uh, it <laughs> look we are all we are all thank him anyway. yeah. so sorry kim is sorry. now kim is now jill jill is now darren and darren is now kim I'm still so we're all good. These have, I these feel hotter already. Yeah. We, we just gotta keep on trucking. Yeah, I'm still me. Um, <laughs> that, no, that's, I think that, that, that's, that's it what we're waiting the, for. The game. dog barker as well. So, yeah, I mean, the whole My hen- dog hen- is barking yeah. from both ends, lads. He is. Oh. Oh. It, he is putting so much into it that it's coming from his sphincter. Like, he's, wow. not, he's not going from the diaphragm. He is. Orf orfing from his tail, and it is unnecessary. All to tell me that there's probably a slurry tank going down the road. That that just sounds like you were karaoke. You know that, that's that stuff you need. <laughs> that's honest to God. That's just came a karaoke. Just you know, from sphincter to mouth. I fucking <laughs> wish. Oh, oh no! I wish. Is that an Evanescence song? I have. Capacity, but thank you for that. That's oh, fine. Yeah. Oh, bring bring me to life, indeed. Uh, oh my god. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> oh, um, <clears throat> we were talking about nerdy computer games. Um, yeah. 
whatchamacallit, um, Larian's Baldur's Gate will be out this year. Yes. And, and your friend Matt Mercer is doing the voice of one of the dudes. Minsk. He's doing Minsk. He's yeah, playing Minsk. Um, yeah. yeah, so um, good for there the eyes, boo. announcements coming, apparently you should follow their Instagram page. Oh no, I do, I do, I follow Larian's Instagram. Good. Yeah, no, because Larian do top work. They play, I mean, anything after Divinity, they had like, no, it's no, it doesn't surprise me they got Baldur's Gate after Divinity 2. Because they have a Divin- blank check, mm. do they? Yeah, Divinity 2, like, I mean, essentially Baldur's Gate 3 is also Divinity 3. It's essentially that model of game. They took the Divinity model and just went... Just stuck a Baldur's Gate color cover on it, but it's still phenomenal. I have it already because you could buy. I got the alpha. I bought it when it went pre-release on Steam, um. So I have it, but I and I played it the opening couple of segments. But the thing about pre-release games is that they're constantly being updated and changed and all this stuff. So I, I got to a certain point and then I was like, you know what, I'm gonna stop because when it eventually gets released. I know myself and the lads are going to want to play it because we played through Divinity and we lost, not that we lost, we spent about, I think we spent a year and a half playing Divinity every week. We'd just jump on and we had this huge, yeah. it was like, it was the closest thing. I remember you guys were take, take yeah. your time. Taking our sweet ass time with Divinity too because it is hands down one of the greatest video games ever made. Um, it's But it's a huge time sink. Like you have to put your time into it. Um, yeah. And uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be the same. But it looks amazing. And the story of what I saw of it is really, really good. And it, it's, but it's, the thing about the difference, obviously, this and the Divinity is that this is set in the D&D universe. So you have mm. all of the D&D lore uh, all, is all in there. Um, and they have been methodically adding more and more to it as time has gone on. So it's great to see it's finally getting a release. Um got a little bit of time to get a really really kick-ass pc which is great yeah and also I, I i remember watching matt mercer he was playing DD online and he actually got him in to do a cameo there was an artist that's been drawn minsk in i can't remember his name it's stereotypical me but he's been doing the artwork for uh the DD idw books with minsk involved so he was doing the voice of minsk but matt mercer came in to do the voice of boo because now space hamsters are psychic yeah. So if they like you, you'll hear them in your head. And just to get him, it's funny, he's come full circle now. I've seen him as 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 Boo, and now he's going to do Minsk. He's going to be, like, really mm. cool, like, you know. Hopefully that... he kind of puts on a funny voice in those Boo. He is. No, he, there's there's a preview of the voice on Instagram, on the Larian's Instagram. There's a preview of him in his recording booth doing all different lines. Like, he does the line, go for, go for the eyes, Boo. And he says a few different things. But, um... Uh, what was I going to say? That was that game you're talking about was the pre the pre release of Spelljammer when they released Spelljammer, um, uh, mm. the new five E Spelljammer. That's what that was. They did D and D Beyond did a promo game with a load of like what's your favorite DM DB what B D Walters and uh, he did he was the DM and I think at one point because they switched they did a hot seat yeah, they, DMing. They had Todd sometimes Todd does it and sometimes yeah. Dave Walters does it and well now they they stopped after a while but it was. Yeah. It's good for anyone that didn't know that, but is either not able to get into a game where um uh, where they can get Spelljam or they're curious about it. It was great to watch, like you know. Yeah, it was a good series actually, uh, and it was I I love that idea of hot seat in the DM because it gives everyone a chance to play. Um, so it's literally two sessions, somebody DMs, and then after two sessions, somebody else steps in and they then play a character and kind of work around like that. So it's good. And it's they good put them in the, in the, and it's not as if they're not doing anything because they're spellcasters. I think they deliberately did it at the beginning. So they put them in the chair controlling the ship. 
yeah. which I thought yeah. was deadly. So that's when their their NPC <laughs> is there while they're DMing, which is always great. Which is cool. Um, yeah. So look, I mean, going back to the Cavill thing, I think he's landed on his feet with the Warhammer stuff. I think yes, Kim, you're probably right saying that there's there's a probably a, a a small nugget of truth about his urge to want to have some creative input yeah. onto The Witcher. Um, but yeah, apparently, course. apparently, all of the reports of him being toxic were completely debunked, saying, "Look, this was just bullshit. Somebody tried to put out." Um, and uh, it didn't. The other thing is, people love to talk about how everybody gets instantly cancelled all the time. Yeah, you'll notice that little shitty things come out all the time about people, and we either hear them and go, "That tracks." Or we hear them and it's hypocritical to their public persona and you lose a taste for that person a little bit. And whether yeah. you're still involved in their life, that's, that's basically kind of the end of it. Or it doesn't take because it feels wrong. Mm. Yeah. It feels incorrect. And I think with, with, uh, with Henry Cavill, it felt wrong. Uh, the ones that hit me, Thomas Middleditch being uh, within his marriage ultra perv makes sense anyone who looks like that is going to try and make up for their lack of uh, uh, college uh, romps later in life they're just gonna look look a lot of late bloomers out there and uh, we're gonna run them up if we get a chance and uh, it's you know you just there's things you hear and you're like okay and then like Ellen being a cunt on wheels when her entire persona is niceness, can't have that. You don't have a public, you don't have a public face anymore. It's gone. So yeah, there isn't indiscriminate canceling going on. Um, people are still paying $250 to go see Dave Chappelle. Everybody's fine. Either uh, they're hypocritical and we get a bad taste in our mouths and we just quietly leave them or um, we just kind of deal with the fact that humans are humans and we're all a bit flawed. The things I get away with because I am utterly meaningless, it's, it's very liberating to go around and act as carelessly as I do. And unfortunately, when you meet, you meet a certain level of notoriety, you can't do that anymore. Can you imagine if someone got clips of Mandy Moore and all it was was Mandy Moore saying things that I have said on the podcast. You'd be like, oh, my God, Mandy Moore is a psychopath. Lock up Mandy Moore. The actress and pop star Mandy Moore must be put away for the good of the nation. Uh, and it's, it's just it's just it's it's, it's, really it's it sounds like you're trying to will that situation into existence, Kim. It's just, it's just, <laughs> what have you got against Mandy yeah, Moore? Yeah, what Look, the I had to pick somebody wholesome. Mandy Moore is an absolute treasure, but uh, uh, she also escaped the grips of um, the early pedo pop machine. I don't know if you remember her banger candy. That was a good one. Anyway, so uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's uh, that's that. I will. Uh, I watched something um, over the Christmas, and you know me. I'm a large toddler, maybe the largest. And uh, I saw something which is a show for grown-ups, and I absolutely reveled in it. And uh, I don't know if you guys have watched The Bear. 
It's an no, FX show. No, but it's on my list. It's Maddie Madison. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I've heard. Say, I've heard. Just precursor, it, just so Darren is not straight away disappointed. It, Darren, it's not about a bear. There's no bear in it. I actually, yeah. I, I thought of my okay. It's a restaurant, right? Yeah, it's about that's, a show. It's not. Yeah, it's it's. If it's you're going to say bear it's about a restaurant, it's 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 just a show for grown-ups, and it's one where when you're not watching it, you're wondering how everybody is. Did you have those shows where you're like, oh, I wonder how blah, blah, blah is right now. The Sopranos did that to me. West Wing did that to me. West Wing did that to me. What did it to you? Six Feet Under, Jill, yeah? And the West Wing. Mm. Yeah. It's it's a special show where you're like, I wonder how they are. The other thing is... (laughs) Uh, I, I don't remember the last time... I wanted to fuck a character in something so much. I don't mean fall in love uh, with them. I don't counsel. mean marry them. Yeah. I don't mean date them. I just, I just, and it's a, it's a case of I can, you know, you know me when I'm an, I can fix them. I can fix them. I'm yeah. gonna fix them by, <laughs> by showing them love and exposing them to energy. I don't know, but I was like. Carmi, I'll, I'll got you. I'll, I'll take you around the world. I'll do, I'll do, I'll just do it every month. Just, I, I can help. I can help. I know you think what you're doing is helping, but I can help you. But uh, Jesus, that's, that show is as tight as a fucking drum. Absolutely unbelievable. But I was really, really taken aback with, with how viscerally I was involved in it. I'm like, from from the sounds of it, you fucking weren't. So <laughs> I, was, I they just they just got me. They all everybody was real in it. And uh uh and it's the character. It's just the character. Like I just um oh my God. Kim, have you seen so the one of the guys who's in it is I, I don't know if he's part of the creative team. Maddie Madison, he plays Neil in in the show. In the show, in the bear. Neil. Clearly, that wasn't the one she wanted Neil. to ride. So, not no, no. friend, friend of friend of Carmi's and Michael's. Apparently, Carmi's the one you want to ride, right? Yeah, Carmen. Right. Uh, Maddie, Maddie's a Neil. big guy. Neil. He's a big guy. Um. Uh, but he is he is a YouTube chef. Check out his channel and his recipes. He's really shouty and oh, funny. Oh, he's and... fuck. He's fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Check out his fuck. YouTube channel. F A K in the in the show. Yeah, yeah. Neil. That's right. They don't call him Neil. It's like, it's like our mates when they go by their real name. Who the fuck's Paul? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck's Neil? Yeah, they only call him Neil when he's in trouble. I'll drink to that. <laughs> right, I'm going to go get myself oh, so he's a he's actually drink. a chef and he's the only one in it that isn't yeah. cooking. That's gas. Yeah, yeah. He, um, uh, Liam introduced me to him because he got mad into his cooking the last couple of years and there's a few different channels that I follow. Maddie Madison's is one. Uh, uh, not another cooking show. It's an American, Italian-American guy. Um, Brian Largestrom. Um, and a few others. But Maddie is just... You shouldn't like him because he's obnoxious and loud, but funny and adorable as well. 
um and uh, he makes really he's good Canadian food. which always um, gives you plus five yeah, charisma by the yeah, way yeah yeah he's Canadian and he he um he I think the first video of his I watched he was making a uh, Vietnamese pho and he was making it the proper way oh. and he was going on about uh chef his, who had, had taught him how to uh, how to make it but uh, yeah check out his channel it's good but uh, I'll add the bear to okay. it as well we'll put up the top of my list it's been there for a while it's just been one of those yeah. ones yeah what what we'll get around to it what through it Jill it's it's a it's a it's a it's a speedy one you'll just put the next one straight on it's on a, it's on Disney yeah. Disney Plus isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. There's, there's FX been a... makes great shows guys I have to it say does, oh, yeah. they do they they are the original shows that I gave think us we're getting more Dexter. justified as well what? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I better look that up. That sounds made up. Um, <laughs> I think your dog was a green witch, Kim. Yeah. Um, um, what was movie, it? Go on, yeah. Go. Oh, no, I was saying, speaking of uh, Disney Plus, uh, one movie that isn't something I would normally watch, but we decided to watch it for Christmas. I don't know if we talked about it or not. But the Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched it yet. It's on my list, I, but it's I yeah. It, yeah, but it's it's such a yeah, say, nice, say depressing, good. It makes you feel all the emotions, and it, it's simple, oh, simple uh, story about two friends that live on an island that known each other ages, and one of them suddenly decides, I don't want to hang around with you anymore. That's that's it in a, in a nutshell. But it's amazing what they that's did it. with that, and I, yeah. it's. Again, I'm normally horror and sci-fi, but I'd gladly watch that again. Like, you know, it gives you loads of different emotions. Again? Again, I watch, like, again, because it's, it's something that... Yeah, because it's depressing, like, we know it is, but to come back to it is pretty I love the way that they deal with that. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's just that certain things they talk about and how they talk about it. And it was the 1923 it's set in. So it was just interesting. We all know when you watch it, you'll see, you can say, oh, I know what that is. But back then they didn't know. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it was amazing because I watched In Bruges once and all I got from it was fucking Bruges. That's all. I, I haven't been the urge to watch it again. But this, I, yeah, it's if you are thinking of like sitting down and just watching a movie that you've never watched before and it's not in your wheelhouse, I'd recommend this. Oh, yeah. Mark, Mark McDonald. Well, I think I we're all yeah. going to watch it. It feels, watch it feels it like it's going to be on the leading cert syllabus. Yeah. Like obviously, yeah. Colin Farrell yeah. and Brendan Gleeson are brilliant actors, but they're really, like, their chemistry was brilliant in, in, in Bruges. And, like, you're in safe hands with this, with them, you know? But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Colin Farrell good. is a, a sleeper agent for just being mad fucking good at acting. Mm. I've, I feel I've, like he yeah. doesn't get his flowers well, look, enough. Another, another alum from the quintessential Marvel classic that is Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Who just, Boy, never <laughs> oh, yeah. Know what I mean? So, <laughs> Do not a man. I just, never miss. Never miss. Um, like it's it. We, I I knew back then. Yeah, we should I knew, know. I, I knew back then. Yeah, you knew. Yeah, I knew. I knew. I knew. Yeah, I knew. where was the Oscar for that? Tell you, tell you, it's just like phantoms all over again. Um. Oh my god, we just wanted to bring up Evanescence again, didn't we? Affleck <laughs> was the bomb in Phantom. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, well, I'm i trying to think what films I watched that wasn't The Lord of the Rings over the Christmas, because they're my quintessential. I watched uh, The Glass Onion. Yeah, we watched the... the if the problem is we're going to watch Lord of the Rings, it's really going to eat up nine other movies worth of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 12 hours, but it's worth it. Yeah. Um, so you, what did you watch, Jill? The new Knives Out Glass Onion. Of course. We've all seen that. Very movie. good. It's very good. No. The boys seen that? 
I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I will. I'll talk about it tonight. I will. Hoot and a holler. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it in the next episode. I know it's yeah, it's literally yeah. all the memes are everywhere about uh, you know yeah. Benoit Blanc's gag reflex or lack thereof. Um, but the whole uh, movie is just memes. It's fine. Yeah. It's no. I see. The thing about it is, I thought the first Knives Out film was just grand. It was grand. I don't know. What, I think I remember messaging. Yeah, Kim it's fine. But, but, yeah, but Wayne, do you not feel like it was revolutionary to just make film? <laughs> there wasn't part of something. This uh, like, just wasn't part of a franchise. Sure, sure. We, yeah, we'd get three of them a year in the 90s. And we just has been an absolute dead zone out there for films that are just grand. So Let's here's the thing. So, so just, well, we need this. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? Darren might have tested. In fact, all fucking four of us should have tested this, right? Yeah. As as somebody who watches horror films, I don't have that problem. Because horror is the one genre that you're guaranteed to get something different every single fucking time. It's horror is a fantastic genre that That's gives you true, yeah. independent. Unless you want to watch the yeah, unless you want to watch the, you know, the, the umpteen Jason or Michael Myers or or you know, or whatever. But but like that's why and this, it's. I think I don't. I can't remember if we talked about it in the last episode, but um, that's why stuff like Shudder and AMC kind of cutting that off at the knees with it, the way it's handling and Warner Brothers and all that shit that they're doing. Um, that like so Shudder is is a streaming service that, in my mind, has been very responsible for a lot of great independent horror films over the last couple of years. It's a fantastic streaming service that I subscribe to. Uh, it's only a fiver a month and it's well worth it. It's worth every penny for the shit that they have up there. They've got classics, but they've got a lot of new stuff as well. And they fund a lot of great independent horror. And for every for every like thing you have, like Netflix funding every uh, Mike Flanagan project, which I'll happily watch, on Shudder you have these new directors that have never been heard of before creating great movies. And it, 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 maybe that's what kind of dampens down my over saturation of all these franchises because i have those to kind of lean back on no i don't know i i think saying that you get like knives out and glass onion are films yes there are but now it's a franchise they're now talking about like six more benoit blanc films it's not though it's not though it's like um it's it's kind of like the the sherlock holmes series uh Watches Chops is Sherlock Holmes series like there there, which they are now saying uh, the, is there's the rumors that's coming one, back. The no no the oh don't start me. Um, the first <laughs> one, uh, the first Knives Out was a, a murder mystery. The second one is literally Adam Sandler getting his mates and bringing them to Hawaii and bringing a few cameras. Like they're just having the absolute fun. Rian Johnson is having the, I think it's Ryan, isn't it? Is having the time of his fucking life. And I think instead of having his energy drained from Star Wars fans, I think he fed on their anger and is now like this big and having so much fun with his life. He's just doing whatever the fuck he wants. And it's inspirational stuff. And I hope, um, I hope that the rage of fanboys does feed people rather than just like breaking them. And if yeah. so, Dan Slot, Dan Slot is going to be five times the man he was after a few weeks because 
she's decided to tell people maybe she hulk wasn't for you and maybe that's fine yeah <laughs> and he's just been getting a measured calm response in in, in return so that's good um oh. uh, but uh yeah it's it's not they're not honestly they're not even related it's like where colombo got on that cruise ship that time but that, it's literally it that it's 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 a nonsense the first and, one he was in the first one it was a kind of a, he was trying to do a, a tight thing the second one he's just having the absolute crack and he doesn't oh, yeah, care whether we like it or not yeah. oh my god yeah it's brilliant i'd watch more of them i thought they were nice. like the first one i only i, I enjoyed the first one except that certain casting wrecked the end i copped the ending straight away with certain casting uh but i love the first one and i love the second one and i'd love to see daniel craig do more of them like i I'd like to see a, a box set of like five or six private investigator movies with him playing that character. Like that it, said, it, it is the same character, but it doesn't feel like you're going the first one, the second one. I feel like it's just like, you know, Orange the film and Apple the film. You know, they don't feel like, apart from having that character in it, nothing is continued. It's as if he dropped down from the sky the second time, you know? It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. It feels very different. Yeah, it did, yeah, it's, but, it's... but it, 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 with him, with his character, and I knew there was going to be a murder. But it, 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 they, it did do it in a, a different, unusual, and funny. And yeah, don't say way, anything like, else, you know? Darren. Stop there. I yeah, think, <clears throat> I think, um, I think the funnily enough, I think the second film has definitely been fed to the fan reaction of the first film and the mm. the online assumptions and guesses of a lot of the fan base of the first movie yeah, has wait, led to characterization like if you say yeah if you say anything else now before seeing it you're going to feel like a tit when you listen back to it why uh, just it won't be what you think it is it, uh, it is not reflected by the memes it's it's its own silly nonsense it's great oh no I've, I've no doubt that's not what i mean i mean like that the the difference between the night and day difference between the second film and the first film is down to the reaction yeah. of the first film like the, the way funny thing is it's not fan service even if like he it feels like the director just like literally on a throne going what about this so even if it's different, it's not because of us. He doesn't give a shit what we think, and it's all the better for it. It's 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 funny. You'll see what I mean. Well, that's 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 Ryan Johnson's directorial style. Anyway, he doesn't care what the yeah. audience thinks, which I think makes no. for a good director. He made Brick. Mm. Who was yeah. asking for that? And I fucking love it. Oh yeah, so I love that movie. No, I think he's a great director. Yeah. I think he's a fantastic yeah. director. I think he's just marred by one bad Star Wars film, and I don't I don't hold him to that at all. We don't even agree about that way. Yeah, I know. We don't um, agree about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which one did he do again? The middle one, last, the last, <laughs> last Jedi. Last Jedi. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, I, he's a great director, and it's a, a stylishly beautiful movie. But, and a lot of his films are are shot fantastic, and he 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 can make a fantastic film. Um, but I just like seeing him being a silly nonsense. This is him being an absolute silly nonsense. Justice for silly nonsense, as I say. Even there's, it's just, you'll see, you'll see how silly it is. It's brilliant. Okay. Well, no, we, we can talk so about gla Glass Onion uh, the next episode. Um, yeah. So, um, there was, yeah, so there was something else I was, yes, yes, because you reminded me about this, that I didn't get to speak about this on the last episode, and I was going to talk about mm -hmm. it. Oh, yeah. So, 
And I think I think we're all I think everyone here is kind of like yeah fuck this but so it's come like and it's kind of it, it kind of feels we're talking about it now because I think it's definitely run its course to a degree on the general uh, social thing but um it came to a head recently where there was an article I read on I think it's on GameSpot where it seemed to be admonishing people that the internet has driven AI art out of video games. And everyone's reaction is, oh, well, good. Good, yeah, good. good. Um, because uh, I, I'm, we, over the last six months or so, and even a lot before that, seeing, like, seeing it all come together from NFTs through to other things, uh, AI art has become, uh, kind of got launched into the stratosphere because it was being used to simulate well-known artists and try and recreate and copy their style, stealing from their style, and using AI to recreate imagery from word prompts. Now, I will say this, is that I think it has been giving, given quite a large platform for an, for an issue that I don't think it's in any danger of stealing people's jobs because I don't think any company that is involved in working artists, be it comic books or illustration, would risk their reputation on using AI art to create a product and trying to sell it en masse. Um, but, yet. Yet, yet. But, even, but even still, the public opinion on AI art is so... Like, the, like the, the people for it is very much in the minority overall. Using it as a tool, as an artist, there's a more people saying, look, if you're an artist and you use it as a tool to get, get ideas and then work from that, that's fine. But trying to replace artists as a whole using this product and this material and this kind of tool is not viable um and like the products that we've seen stuff that we've seen being produced yes. again yes i know that i know yet but also it's going to get to a point where yes it will look better it will always look better because it's always improving it's always adapting but the principle mm. behind it is always there and no company is going to risk its reputation on saying, oh, this wasn't created by a person, this is AI. Because anything that you see, as an artist that you see AI stuff that's generated, particularly there's a lot of people that decided, that, you know, I'm going to create a comic using AI art, I'm just going to put in my prompt and my script, and this is going to regurgitate. And stuff that we've seen, it's got absolutely no soul whatsoever, zero storytelling ability, and it's just all very similar images yeah. of cityscapes and close-up on faces, and... 10 fingers all in one yeah. hand and like really bad shit yeah i don't agree with it it's as just, a tool yeah oh. one what you, are, you say, are an artist and a techie person so it, it means double from you but i think you're naive to say nobody would have their head turned by this because there are people out there and because capitalism all they think about is the cost of things exactly sure. the whole reason netflix is cancelling things after one series is they've spent 10 years hiding money so they don't have to pay tax by making everything they can make by reinvesting their profits and uh, capitalism is quite the whore for taking the joy out of life and if if someone uh, there are wrong-headed people or people who are not in the comics business or the art book business yet that might get spun a yarn by some of these people 
and they're like, hey, you know, oh, dealing with artists is so tricky. Oh, they're so moody. Oh, they want everything the wrong way. You could just have the idea and just like do it yourself. And it's like so cute. Like every person you've seen defending AI art is an absolute ding dong. And they 100% think they're right. And they're justifying it by saying it's making it more accessible. It's making it more accessible. And, and, and we know it's accessible to anyone if you just draw and keep drawing. <laughs> this is what happens to, 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 to people like me, art and playing music and uh, things like that are witchcraft, a spell that somebody can do when actually all it is is just hard work somebody just continued to do for the whole life. And uh, to people who don't understand that, that the difference between artists and non-artists is these people didn't stop drawing. These did, these didn't. They just kept going. And uh, for people that don't understand that, you can see how they would, they'd be showed this series of pages of an anime girl in a city and go, oh, that's so beautiful, because they don't understand art in that way either. So it's definitely going to happen. It's shit. And I'm very sorry for all of my artistic friends who had to form uh, 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 an alliance and pushback on, on social media in the last few weeks because mm -hmm. it must have been exhausting. But they fucking did it. They got the websites to stop selling the, to stop letting the, so this the, is um, this is my point of this is my point of saying that no company is going to. It's not, I don't think it's naive of me. I think it's more. I understand the art technology and I understand the marketing side of it. I understand that they have to push it and the money that they would have to invest in order to public some push push something out there. Even though they're using AI to create something, they still have to sell it. And the problem is, is explain that, that Wayne. Where's the other? Where are the other costs? When so you fascinated by this. So if the other cost in anything, so you always have to market something. You always have to market yeah. something. Regardless of how it's created, you have to market it. So marketing has to be you have to have a budget for that to be a cost involved in that. But also when you as soon as you put something out and say, This is a piece of media created by AI, the the, the danger of it, particularly in the current climate, and it yes, mm -hmm. there's a chance that it might change given if the AI improves to a level where it's indiscernible. But they also have to walk the very, 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 very thin line of who they're monkeying, who they're copying, who they're who they're copying. Who yeah. they're, so like if they're going to put something out in the world, be it a film, be it a TV series, be it a book, be it a piece of art, be it a comic book, whatever, any form of media, if they're going to use AI to create it, they have to from the get go say that this is a piece of material created by AI. They're not going to be able to shill it. They're, yeah, and even Max Max agrees with me. They're not going to be able to shill it as anything anything but that. They can't say this is a piece of art created by Wayne Talbot and his style when it isn't. They're going to have to say out the front of it going, this is created by AI. This is, even if it's the most beautiful thing in the world created by computers, the huge amount of backlash currently they're going to get from that is going to make it unsellable. People are not going to... Because there's going to be so much bad publicity over that because purely the only reason they are making that is for profit. There is zero artistic fundamental reasoning behind any piece of media that, that you create with AI. There is no merit to it. No merit to it. There's no merit to anything like that. 
because the only reason you create that and put it out in the world and ask for money is to make money. So I don't think I'm naive in saying that. I think I understand it because I produce something that I sell. I produce comic books yeah. with jail. We sell them. So we understand the hard toil that goes into making those, the passion that goes into making those, the want to making them. And also, yes, being able to say, here's my work, please buy it from me. But there's toil and there's love and there's passion. If you just yeah. go on to Mid Journey and you type in a prompt for all sorts of nonsense and you get a piece of art and go, look at this, I created this. It's like, no, you created a word jumble and you spot out that image from it. There is zero understanding of how that's made there's zero understanding yeah. of the merit behind a piece of art you're just looking yeah. at a pretty picture made from words that you typed into us into an ai engine there is that and that's that's my overall feeling of ai i use ai i use ai in my day-to-day -day job automation is a part of my day-to-day -day job it's part of yeah. it and that's essentially what ai is created for is for automation of functions yeah uh, to a degree to better and free up time for you to be able to do other things the use of yeah. ai used for this this is not the intended purpose of ai in my no, opinion totally agree and it's uh to think of the only things that uh like this the soul work <coughs> that art and music and things like that and you're like this is the last thing we need ai for you know uh, like when you see a, a chat bot sorting it problems you're like fuck yes so that my mate anto doesn't have to work at aol and want to kill himself literally every day of his life and uh, so like you know uh but but you understand the craft and you understand you there's a lot of uh um how do i say this nicely um the coronas are a very 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 popular band you know, yeah. people enjoyed Mumford and Sons unironically. Um, mm. There's people out there that don't understand art or toil or care mm. or, you know, and, and I feel like someone at a con in five years time could be like, hey, 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 you want to make art like them? You want to make art like them? And it looks just like them because they, they haven't done it. They don't appreciate the process. The other thing is, you, you I mean, people play uh, with hacked Pokemon, level 100 Pokemon with an, a master ball attached to it. Like, and they, and they, and they just use it and they're not ashamed. They didn't they're do the work. They're not ashamed that they didn't walk in and out of that grass, Mofo. They didn't do the work. They didn't do the toil. They didn't do the grind. And they're just got this shiny lunala level 100 and they have no they get zero fucks about that and and how angry does that make you kim yeah but that's it's bad for me they're fine they've got a level 100 sure. lunala here i am my fucking hoot hoot with a hat on and but my that's fine and that that's <clears throat> so you don't have a large corporation trying to sell that type of stuff that's somebody who's downloaded that file that a hacker or somebody somebody's pro, a programmer a programmer has put that together and is like here look what i did so and they, they put it online you're saying it's gonna have so no if you back and it's gonna yeah, this is my point lives. yeah this is my point so you're not gonna that's have good. so a lot of these a lot of these like publishers and media companies have come out and have been forced to come out and say look we're not gonna support ai as a media production we're not going to do it. The comic book labels have had to do it. 
um, publishers have had to do with websites have had to do with game publishers have had to do with. Feet, didn't they? <clears throat> they did, but then a lot of the creative side, a lot of the creative teams in those companies that make those companies said you, you really need to. They pushed. They got. They got the marketing crews like you need to fucking go say something about this, you know, because right. this is all of our livelihood, and if we're not here, you're not here. So it's like, oh, okay, and off they went, and they they rolled out, and they said, look, we're gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get involved in this shit. We're not gonna use this shit. It's not a viable tool for us. It's not gonna. We're not gonna publish anything like that, and and it was rolled back. Now look, people can self-publish with this stuff, and people have self-published with this stuff already. People have put it out there. They've tried to sell it. It hasn't. Like there was a there's a famous thing online of a guy on Twitter creating a kids book using AI. And it's one oh, of the most so bad. It was one of the most garishly horrifying things of a young girl. I can't even remember the, the story. I just remember that she had like twenty fingers. That's always the the, the, te- the telltale thing of like just count the fingers, mm-hmm. um, um, or like that Blake the, the 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 vacant stare of an anime girl with massive tits and like weird vacant vanishing eyes. It's just <clears throat> it's it it's catering to it's LCD entertainment. It's lowest common denominator. The people that are catering to. They're gonna shit. They're the same people that are probably crypto bros that bought into it's, NFTs. Yeah, it's NFTs, it's that yeah. level. Yeah. It's that it's that niche of individuals that are always gonna gravitate towards that garish side of of the world, and they're yeah. more than welcome to it. But they don't. They're outnumbered. They don't have the majority. They are outnumbered. The majority of people that are gonna buy and put invest money into this and make these things and make them well and make it to the level that Ryan Johnson makes or Ryan Johnson makes his movies that people enjoy and don't you know enjoy them and say Glass Onion was fantastic. These are the type of people that are are enjoying these things for what they are: proper made stories, films, animation, video games, all that type of stuff. So <clears throat> while I don't agree with it, I think it's wrong. I think it's not going to be a viable tool um, that will take over from actual hardworking artists, writers, people that are working in the industry. Uh, I think that, like a lot of things, it got overblown to a point of everyone thought it was the end of the fucking world for two weeks on Twitter, and then it died it down. Like it was the same six guys riling everybody up. Yeah, yeah, these but just these wrong-headed people. Yeah, with no sense of honestly really soulless people like imagine thinking it's, you could just replace that kind of yeah. process it's the same these are the same people that triumph elon musk that like you know like i said get into nfts yeah. like it's that it's that niche group that like when you step outside your fucking door and go for a walk and the birds are chirping and the sun is shining you don't deal with that shit on a day-to-day basis that's you know? true um can we speak about irreplaceable artists for a second uh Danny Earls. Yeah. You see the shout yeah. out he got today. Danny Earls, yeah. Our, our fellow rogue. Um lovely chap. Yeah. He is a sweetheart. Um who did did you see he that? Was shouting about him? Oh I, I saw I it. Gail I wanna, I... Again? Again? Went Again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I love it. But he he must have sent her he sent her pages and she put them up. Well, and he, she was like pretty hard and he's he, something else. He tweeted, he tweeted his Batman pages. So he met Gail at Topable. He showed her his portfolio. Danny was showing a few people his portfolio at Topable. And we were, myself and Joe were there as well. And, and, and Colm, all the rogues were, we were showing off our work. We were fluting ourselves yeah. like whores we were. Um, 
and uh, we got a lot of great feedback, and Danny got some amazing feedback, um, as did everyone else. But his yeah, so Danny was bringing out. He had some Daredevil Iron Fist pages with him on top of them, and he was bringing them around, showing people, and he showed them to Gail, and he showed them to a few other people, and uh, Gail was blown away by it. So yeah, no, Danny Eros deserves to be working on all the big books. Um, he's a fantastic artist. They were a great guy, good, great writer too. How did you meet him? So Danny Earls came to us. Uh, we, were, we were tabling at Rogue, Rogue at Dublin Comic Con a couple of years ago. I want to say, Jill, correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say it was 20, 2018. Yeah, I think so. Yeah? yeah. Oh, and, wow. And he rocked up with his portfolio. And he was like, uh, could you just have a look at my work? And we did. Myself and Kev and Jill, we had a look at it. And we're like, this is really good shit, man. Um, I was like, do you, uh, this is all the sequential test pages that he done. Do you have anything of your own that you want to put out? And he did. And that ended up being Hellfire. Um, yeah. Which yeah. is available to purchase on the Rogue Comics website. Um, <laughs> but he uh, he came to like, yeah, I do, yeah. And he worked with Jill. Jill worked with him as an editor and uh, got a script together. And he started working on his pages for that. And uh and he is, I promise, he is working on issue two. It is coming. He's got a lot of stuff on his plate at the moment, but Hellfire 2 is on the way. Um, but back and forth between all of us, everyone at Rogue kind of uh, kind of guided Danny a bit, and then Jill completely edited the shit out of his script for Hellfire. Um, One good thing. And uh, it's so, it's Hellfire. If you, like, if you haven't seen Hellfire again, that's another book that Danny's done, that it's, a, it's his own book. Based on the, the yeah, based on the the myth of of Loftus Hall, an Irish uh, folklore horror story about the devil and all. Um, but uh, yeah, no, check out Danny Earls on Twitter on Instagram. He's currently working on a Kickstarter book called Hopeless. Um, Hopeless. that he's halfway through with a graphic novel, as far as I'm aware. Uh, that got funded like that on Kickstarter, and that's due to be released I think later in the year. Um, mm. he's on track for that Very and good. then yeah but no Danny deserves to be picked up by the big labels he's a phenomenal artist a great guy as well uh, really nice fella um, and uh, he's yeah just a cool dude like, and his artwork is gorgeous Very good speaking of gorgeous artwork um, Declan Shelby was like a little saddened to see that um, his old dog series wasn't on any end of the year best of list and I think that doesn't come off as entitled because literally everything he does ends up on end of your best of list because he's the best of. He had to eat crow crow on that one though because after he put that up on Twitter two, two, but an hour later, he got one. one. (laughs) Boys, I feel like none of us have have seen Old Dog or read it. I have. I have. have. Oh, you have? Yeah, I've got got the first three issues, I think. Whatever's been out so far, I have them. Uh, It's a great book. Very good. Well, gorgeous, Kev. Our deck does all of it. He's the colors, letters. Uh, it's a, it's a one man show, as far as I'm aware. Um, oh, um, yeah, it's it's a cracking book. It's really good. Um, it's it's kind of like a it's a, it's a science fictiony mystery tech thing. It's really good. It's a really good book. Um, it's unique. It's it, like there's not much out there like it at all. So uh, right. I do re- I do recommend it. Not just because Dex a friend, but like it's do go check it out. It's a really really good book. Um. Uh. Yeah. No. Like. I mean. I think this year for Irish creators overall has been fantastic. Like you can see it in all the papers at, at the moment. Yeah. The recap. The recap of of twenty twenty two for Irish creators. Um. Mm. We got a great shout out in the uh, Times. Uh. A lot of the rogue titles got a great shout out in the Times. There was an article in the Examiner today which had 
folks from Limit Break with their uh, anthology down below. Paul Bulger. And Paul Bulger with Hound with Dark Horse. Um, and um, Dave, Dave Butler. Dave Butler with yeah. Michael Collins. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, like, I mean, like, I think comic books in Ireland have been just going from strength to strength. Like, I think uh, we held back in the pandemic ourselves because we just didn't see there being a point of releasing books during a pandemic without a, when a you weren't going to be tabling yeah, yeah to have a launch pad for them and i think it did it was at the time we were like is this the right decision but i think we made the right decision because then when they released they were well received and, and they continue to be more and more well um but yeah like i think i think overall i think the year uh, it, next year is going to be a big one for a lot of people because we're all coming back out into the world slowly but surely mm. and uh, we're, we're, you know, we're yeah i mean i know i know that a couple of rogues are going to be i don't know one rogue is definitely going to be at new york comic con in october um and, and i know we're going to be looking at international shows a bit more and stuff so we shall see what 2023 holds we have a few things up our sleeves i want a podcast live event a podcast. I don't light. even care what it is. I don't even care if it's podcast uh, lip sync extravaganza. I don't give a shit. We gotta get out there. We used we to pick fights stuff. in public all the time. We, well, we need to. We need to. The first step would be to do a podcast in a fucking pub. Yeah, yeah. that'd be nice. Really? Yeah. Come here, come here. I know. I know. I know. I know. Who owns a pub? Do you want me to have a word with him? Yeah, have a word with him, will you? You know, I don't. I don't. Oh, yeah. Imagine if we got his nice little. Nice little area. The downstairs. Little downstairs. Well, I mean, we have done a podcast in that, in that, in the TH before, and Gar and Helm would have both mm. been on the podcast many moons ago. Yeah, but we, yeah, but we don't yeah. need them. Don't need them. Yeah. Like, they can come along if they want, but like, just give the go to your basement. I will, I will yeah. give a, I will give a, I will give a <laughs> shout Sounds out. like a proposition. I will <laughs> give. <laughs> That would be awesome. Oh yeah, yeah the nerdy crossover that the people have been screaming. Ah, um, we there's there's a million of them on the nerdy podcast. Yeah, I know, I know, uh, I know. <clears throat> Does the nerdy podcast even exist anymore? Is that no? Even, I oh, think they, design. I think they jacked it in, in like, yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure, look, I'm still waiting on fucking Lost Art to come back. I know. I know. I know. So I mean. I will give a shout out to Gar though. Gar did look after uh, look after me there before Christmas with a selection of horror books that uh, Jill put me right. onto that he was uh, he was shilling on on the Instagrams, but they're the Pan um, Pan Library Horror Collection, which are a classic set of books that were published during like the I think it was the sixties and seventies of these like they're in little anthology books of horror stories that are right up my alley stuff that I would have grown up reading. Um yeah. and yeah, you know, Gar Gar sent them my way. Fair play to him, but uh, legend, I got your them. Con- your continuing mission to replace all of the artifacts from your childhood. Exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I still. I'm, I. I. I did say that over the Christmas. I says I'd lost. I'm talking to Irene, but we were watching Lord of the Rings, and they got to the point in Fellowship where they get to the Argonauts, where you get to see the the you know the the two fucking statues yeah. of like Isildur and yeah. uh, and and stuff, and they're holding their hands up. I used to have the bookends of them when you got. Remember the original yeah. box set? The they came with the bookend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had them, yeah. and uh, I lost them in a former relationship. They they went the way of the, the ex girlfriend. <gasps> no, yeah. yeah, they yeah. they were in my divorce settlement as well. Yeah, so I was like, uh, I need to I need to track them down. Juggled podcast heist, and myself and Darren have to do it because crisscross, crisscross. We can't forget. We we won't get identified. <laughs> oh my god. 
Dazzy, you take yeah. Hoare. We'll take him. Get the Oaks back. Yeah. Ah, they'll be on but eBay I, somewhere. I still have one of them. Up Stop. there on top shelf. You're just rubbing it in, eh? You're just rubbing it in now, Dima. Shut up, Daddy. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I... I, I, like, one ran away. I don't know where it's gone, but, like, I... You I only have one! What I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, right, rub it in. Well, right. I, I remember when they first released the special editions on uh, DVD in those fancy box sets. It was with... The, it was... So, if I remember correctly, like, you got one thing with the box and you could send away for the other thing so like one of the box oh. sets came with Gollum and you could send the two, away two, the two, to get yeah. the matching one and then like one came with Minas Tirith and you had to send away for Minas Morgul. Really? I, I wasn't oh. aware of that. I wasn't yeah, yeah. aware of that at all because yeah. I got I had the two terrors so back when me and Kim lived together um in Clan Morris uh, in the 4-1 um, we, I had Sme so I had the Smeagol, I had the Gollum uh, statue that I got with two towers. That God, I still had that. Um, and then I had the Minas Tirith, but again, I don't know where that ended up. Um, but uh, uh the King of Men. Yeah, I know. I do. I know. I don't know. I don't know where it is. It's definitely not here. Anyway, but <laughs> Max just comes running past with it in his mouth, just like ah. Um. Oh my God. Um. I think that was Andrew's first time watching uh, the extended Two Towers, because wow. every year we say we're going to watch all three. And as someone who hosts on Christmas Day, you're basically cooking for you know a week to a month, you know, depending on what you're doing. So uh, we would get fellowship done a few times and never get any further. But um, this year we went uh, straight to Two Towers because we could recite the whole thing off and he he's just saying there's parts of that i genuinely don't remember and i says Ooh, i wonder is the first time he saw it extended i don't know anyone who re-watches it that watches the theatrical release i said the same thing to irene this is when was the last time we watched the theatrical release and she says probably in the cinema because we've always watched yeah, the extended that's it. editions that's it. Yeah, why yeah. would why would you bother if you have the extended yeah it, fe it feels wrong you just got to plan yeah. your day more like or your yeah. cup of the day it's because like they're four hours they were it it took us up to, sorry wait up till this year i didn't plan my time properly so i would get to the last movie and then i'm back in work and, and couldn't watch it um, but mm. this year i made sure <coughs> like like this is this is the day i'm gonna watch this 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 and i was so chuffed you got there before me, you'd finished it, and I was like, God, I've still got one more movie left, but I'm going to do it this time. Woohoo! Yeah, we. Uh, so much you forget, even if we, you do watch it religiously. Like. We generally start on Stevens's Day, so 26th is always Fellowship, and then we work our way through them, and by it gets to New Year's Eve, it's always Return of the King. Sorry, no, so Stevens's Day, sorry, I said it wrong. Stevens's Day, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hard Tolkien fan, and I, don't, I know I'm going to get shit for this, I don't care what anyone says. I watch the extended edition of the Hobbit movies as well. So we watch. I don't have them. I'm yeah. just happy for you. Yeah. I'm not. I fucking can't. And I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. I can't. I can't. Right. Can't even so talk about it. But we, uh, I'm happy for you, though. We started on Stevens's Day with Unexpected Journey, and we got through the Hobbit films relatively okay, time wise, because. We had a lot of a family events planned in and stuff. I had to leave my house. I had to go socialize and shit. So it was like, you know, we went to a panto. We went to see Jungle Book in the Gaiety, which was lovely. And because you... it was like, it was a panto. Um, they do all the songs. 
I'm licking in the square. It was really weird, actually. They had, here's the thing, right? They had, like, the second half of it had most of the songs. They had Bare Necessities. They had I'm the King. They had, like, you know, Ubi Doo, I Want to Be Like You. And all that type of stuff. They had, and then they mixed in a lot of other things that wasn't part of the Jungle Book. It was really strange. Um, And it was like, like they did a version of We Don't Talk About Bruno, but it was like something (laughs) else. Yeah, I I was expecting Alexander Hamilton any second. Like I was expecting to go full, full, you know, Lin-Manuel, but no, they didn't. Um, And then they did, they made Ka like really sexy. Like Ka was like, on like just this, you know, his. Yeah, <laughs> she she was like done up in this bodysuit and she had like this. I I renew all the songs that they were using in the thing that I didn't know yeah, that like, weren't stage songs. So if it was a stage yeah. song, I'd be like, I know what that is. But it was all this sort of stuff. They did songs from. There's apparently this Disney series called the um. Descent. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. The set. So they did a song from that show. Or Ka, where she gets to do all this sexy stuff with backing dancers yeah. who are also sexy. And and it was very much, that's for the dads or the mas in the audience right there. That's what that's for. That's not for the kids. Yeah. This is just to no. keep the parents interested. And then, um, and, and like, and the, the, the dame, I have to say, the dame that they had, um, Nanny Nincompoop, she was very good. Um, like okay. it, it, it's, I think I, I hands down believe that panto is where you introduce kids to drag. That's the introduction Absolutely. to drag, right? Absolutely. And she was a full on queen, like full, fantastic. Came out at the end of a yeah. massive goon and it looked fantastic. And did yeah. the whole gaiety sing along and you do at the end. Uh, good three hours, solid. Like so, it could have been an extended edition of Lord of the Rings. It was the extended edition of the Jungle Book that we got. Jungle Book. And right. um. Uh, without the Ian McKellen part, but uh, it was good. It was good for what it was, um, and that was one of the nights out that I had to sacrifice the Lord of the Rings for. Um, right. And then we did Malahide Lights, which was all lovely and stuff. But it took us. It, yeah, it took no. us. I, look, it's it's the old family land. The Talbots used to own that, and we gave it back to the city. So you know, I get to go that back. That was nice to, of you. Yeah, I, I get. Yeah, well done, yeah. I get. To, I get to go back and visit the old, the old stomping grounds. You know, where fighting Dick. Talbot. Yeah, fighting. No, it was fighting Dick Talbot was the name of the guy. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether that was the some thing. I think that was his name rather than what he fought with. But anyway. Yeah. That's um, what he fought with it, like. Yeah, Why not both? Could be. Um. So, it took us nine days to watch the six films extended edition. Over nine days it took us. I feel a little bit better because I honestly thought you did them in three, so I, oh. I feel a lot better. Whoa. You weren't done in one sitting. You would have to put your kid in the yard for the whole day to do that. Yeah. There were... I might have gone up really early yeah. before you know, the dawn and then watch them. I mean, like pre, the, in, in the time that is PA, pre-Amelia, yes, we did. We, we'd watch all of them pretty much in a solid sitting and have one it sitting. done no problem whatsoever. But now... Yeah. And like we drink, like we used to just have, we'd eat like hobbits and drink yep. lovely, lovely stuff. Yep. And that'd be it. But this year, no, it's, it's, uh, Irene kept saying to me, she's I'm just eating one. Yeah. Irene kept saying to me, she's like, look, you have to realize that it's going to be more and more difficult for us to do this year in, year out. Yeah. Until she reaches a certain age where she's either going to be going out with her mates 
or she's going to be sitting down with us to watch the films. That's um, it. Like, when I used to have the sliding scale of least Christmassy to most Christmassy and the movies I watched in the month of December, that was back when I used to swan up to somebody else's house at Christmas and eat all their food and then go home. Um, and um, when I tell you that this year we saw zero, zero before the day, like we knew, I knew it was going to be like that because we had uh, we had visitors uh, from uh, another country as well as just your usual Christmas Day people. Um, so I knew we'd do the kind of things we needed to do in the house for the sake of the visitors. But watching people, watching Die Hard and going, that's me, that's me, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And instead, I appear to be painting a kitchen cupboard. And you're just like, it, it, it's... Uh, I hate being a grown-up. And this is how I'm doing it. I'm not even doing it properly. And it's still mal-affecting my life. Is the cupboard themed to Die Hard? That's what I really want to know. Just a, it's just you open up the cupboard and it's just John McClane inside with a fucking lighter, just like this. Yeah. We have the same guy yeah. three times now. I might have to do that. Well, you know... That'd be impressive. You know, when I was when I was showing it to Braz, um, I, 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 I said... Hey, Bubby, this is the right light. <laughs> oh, God. Well, nice evening, let's make let's make a pact. Let's make a pact now on the end of this episode right. and coming up to our, our hour and a half mark that the Ooh, next right. podcast, yeah. the next podcast is going to be in a motherfucking pub. In a pub. Right. In a pub, motherfucker, in a pub. Okay, so folks, until that time, I have been Wayne. I've been Kim. I have been not Santa. I've been Darren. And I'm Jill. This has been Pubcast. Take a handy and hope you have a great start to your 2023. And uh, sure, we'll talk to you soon, like. Bye. 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 Bye.